The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Your business was humming, but now you're falling behind. Your teams are buried in manual work, tasks are taking forever to complete, and getting one source of truth is like pulling teeth. If this is you, then you should know these three numbers, 37,000. That's the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. One, because your business is one of a kind. Get a customized solution for all your key performance indicators in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. With NetSuite, it's everything you need to grow, all in one place. Get your business back to the greatness where it belongs. Learn more at netsuite.com slash podcast 25. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the LPN Show. Recorded both in Los Angeles and New York City. We're just, you know, here to hang out. Have a good time. All right. We'll talk to y'all after a while. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here. Welcome to the LPN Show. I am honored to be joined by one of my oldest friends in comedy, an overall amazing person. He's named after a New York Met, so you know he's doing great. Mookie Thompson is with me. Mookie, thanks what's for being up? on the show, buddy. Oh, thanks for having me, man. M- Mookie, you used to actually do you do a lot of gambling. You 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 run a lot of poker games. You used to run poker games for my former boss. I used to take care of his dogs. He would come home and be like, "I just spent ten grand," and I'd be like, "Thank you for the eighty dollars to take care of the dog." Yeah. <laughs> but we were just talking about three card poker because I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to the casino. I'm gonna mask up. Go to the casino. I'm playing three card poker. You don't think it's a good game? I've never lost a three card poker. Low and slow like barbecue. Never lost in my life. I mean, I've lost hands. I've never lost big. You can play three card poker. You can sit there for hours upon hours. Never lost big. I mean, do you? I mean, every time I lose, I lose big. Wait, wait, wait. Do you leave the table with more than you got there with? That's what I'm saying. I do it. Yes, three card poker is the way to go. For those that don't know, you put down, let's just say 10 bucks. You put down 10 bucks on the ante, you get a couple of cards. You can also say two player plus, and then you can also bet on a six card, whatever. But let's just go to the basics. You look at the card, you're like, oh, these are fucking sweet cards. Let's say we got a jack, uh, a little tenor in there, and a queen. Whoa, now I'm in the money. Then you bet, and boom, next thing you know, the casino is making less money. Yeah, I mean, that's going to just catch up with you in the end, man, for sure. Roulette, it already has. Roulette is a bit of a better game because at least you have a couple of near 50-50 bets, which are, and it's also just fun. They're about 48% bets if you take yeah. into account the zero and the double zero. <laughs> but anyway, all table games are a scam. So as long as you enjoy yourself, that's really what matters. I like the but. digital roulette as well. You put five bucks on 17, Ooh. it's going to hit. Come on, oh, Mookie. I'm taking that's, you to the casino with me next time I go. That's practically a shredder, dude. You might as well just, just put your money right through. Wow, you're demented. And it's just it's the it's the lack of positivity that's really coming through our generation. <laughs> no, and I man. really I just don't like the you go there, you make money, you don't lose money. It's about the mindset. Have you not read anything Tony Robbins wrote? Yeah. If that was actually what happened, there would be no casinos, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> well, yeah. if Ben Kissel, nickel and diamond, man, I, I'll take a yep. bunch of casinos out with coming. me. Don't even worry about it. Well, they definitely see me coming. I'll tell you that. I got to work on that, but that's a whole other thing. <laughs> Especially in my big New York Knicks jacket that I'm wearing right now, I look like a I look like the Syracuse uh, Orangeman. I look like yeah. the goddamn mascot of that college team. 
Yeah, you look like you're showing up to deforest the town. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sick of trees hiding all my people, yeah. the Sasquatch. I want to find them. Where are they hanging yeah. out? They're out there. Mookie, you got a kick-ass new cartoon coming out. It's called Zoo Idiots. People can go to zooidiots.com to watch it. You, Namesh Patel, um, a bunch of people. I, I mean, obviously, I'm pretty sure I know everybody involved with it because I only yeah. know the best of the best of the best of the best of the most talented people in the world. And you are indeed one of them, Mookie. So what the hell is this uh, cartoon all about? Uh, well, it's basically uh, a zoo that's been abandoned by people and the animals are kind of trying to uh, run it for themselves. You know, oh. it's kind of like that old joke, like the inmates are running the asylum. Yeah. By the way, I think the inmates probably might do a better job. They yep, could do so a better job these days. Th that's uh, that's kind of the idea of the show. It's almost like a, a modern animal farm in a weird way. Like it's a it's a it's a reflection of what's going on in our society, but like taken to super extremes with now, like animal uh, farm. Now that that was about the Holocaust. Uh, no, it was. I not. don't know if you're joking, but no, it was the not. animal farm was about animal farm <laughs> was a, was an uh, it was an allegory about Nazi allegory. Germany. No, about communist Russia. Really. Yeah, yeah. I never saw uh, it. About, like, the workers' revolution and then about how, uh, you know, the, the bourgeois sort of co-opted the revolution to take Animal over. Animal Farm had nothing to do with the Nazis? Not at all. Really? <laughs> well, who knew? I don't watch a lot of cartoons. I'm a full-grown adult. No, it's a book, man. It's George Orwell. Uh, it's like, I like to – well, uh, see, what I, I, always have, I always have a funny joke. I say, oh, I like to – you know, oh, that movie was so good, they should make a book about it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, the the book is uh, is is great. It's a classic. But I mean, the ironic thing about that book is it's been taught basically as anti-communist propaganda in our schools. Okay. Even the CIA actually funded the the cartoon that they made. I think it was in the fifties. Really? And, yeah, yeah. Uh, because the if if you there's a couple ways to interpret the book. If you look at it one way, it looks like oh, see the the revolution failed, and all it ended up was people back in. Uh, in a destitute situation, right. which is what everybody thinks of communist Russia. Uh, but the reality is that Orwell was a socialist and the book was really more of a cautionary tale about the bourgeois co-opting the workers revolution for their own purposes. So, so really it's more of about, it's, it's an allegory. It's an allegory about the oligarchs. Yeah. It's about what actually happened rather than, uh, you know, a saying a, a comment one way or the other, but the book absolutely shows like the benefits of socialism and, you know, uh, the, the, the true communist uh, way of thinking. And like our show is not exactly about all that, but it's it's more of like about what's going on today and about our socialist revolution. You know, what's really interesting. You got a cartoon. What do you got in there? You got a you got a probably got an emu. Do you have a llama? You got a you probably got a tiger in there. You got a tiger. Uh, we got some alpacas. How do you decide what race to put behind which animal? Because don't you want to be sensitive? Because you look at you look at the Taco Bell Chihuahua. Yeah. Everyone said, "Why does it have to be a Mexican dog?" You of know, course. and I'm like, I don't know. But they, they you know, I don't know. maybe make it I mean, German. Maybe if it wasn't it Mexican, it would be odd. That'd be uncomfortable. Yes, but how do you do that? Because you you got Namesh Patel, uh, Indian American. You don't want to give him the role of some animal that he might deem offensive. Yeah, well, he does play the the Bengalese white tiger, so. Huh? But it's kind of ironic because the white tiger is also sort of like an allegory for corporate America and you know like uh, the privileged class. Like, well, that is the, the you can in say nutshell. the whites, but that's also him. Yeah. I was dead broke. I was dead broke in New York, and Namesh and I were taking the train back from a shitty show in Staten Island. And we're on the ferry, and he was showing me all these fancy cars he wanted to buy. And I was like, I don't even have the ability to look at Uber right now, let yeah. alone fantasize about buying fancy cars. You know, he grew up pretty wealthy in New Jersey. No, not wealthy at all. His parents own a liquor store, but... You tell me in New yeah. Jersey a liquor store isn't a multi-million dollar venture? I never thought of it like that. Yeah, it's huge money. <laughs> Well, but I love uh, Namesh. But you have yeah, to be no. very careful. Sometimes when you're we'll be out on the street and he'll just be like, yo, that's an Aston Martin right there. And I'll be like, okay. He cool. loves his cars to a point where I'm just like, can I fart in it? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. even think he has a driver's license for friggin', friggin' dork. I got a Chevy Silverado. Not on purpose. I didn't want, I mean, I love trucks. I have no problem with the truck. But I sat in four cars and I didn't fit in any of them. And the, the guy was laughing at me. And I was like, I'm about to give you a lot of money. And I was like, find me a fucking car I can fit in. 
And then he brought me to the biggest, biggest thing he could find, and I, I did fit in it. So it was like Cinderella in the shoe, but totally opposite. <laughs> Wait, what kind of car? It's a Chevy Silverado. Oh, yeah, I missed that. Full, that's, that's full nice. door, my friend. You can come. You can literally, you can live in it. You can live Really? In it. For three yeah. months? What's the limit? I mean, you got to be careful just throwing these things around because I, already have I, I might everyone- show up. Travis Irvine, of course, who was the director of Hail Yourself America. He's a great guy, longtime friend. He said he was going to stay for three days. He's staying until Thanksgiving. So apparently I'm just running a foster home again, like I did when I was a kid. So I took care of foster care kids when I was growing up, and then I took care of dogs. Now I have two dogs and another foster kid. Yeah. So it's all coming full circle. He said, I'm staying until Thanksgiving. You're He's welcome. staying until Thanksgiving. You're welcome. Yeah. And it's nice, to, <laughs> it's nice to have company, isn't it? When you were so happy not having company, but then now you have it. Yeah, you know, I mean, you can't just be alone all the time. Then you end up looking the way you look. (laughs) I have found myself eating a little bit less because there are eyes on me at all times. (laughs) Like Tupac. (laughs) So you named the animal. So so Nimesh is going to he's the white tiger. He's the uh, that's uh, what Nimesh is. Obviously, I'm just joking around. He's an incredible, incredible performer, an incredible guy. So you guys. He's all right. But it. He's a good dude. But that is a great way to get your message across, though, in the animated format, especially now with freaking I've heard there's a pandemic. I've heard this COVID thing. I've heard the name. I don't know what it means, uh, but something's happening out there. It's a good way to be able to express yourself artistically without without having to necessarily be around a bunch of actual freaking human beings. How did the process come about? Because I know this is like it's freaking difficult to get anything done, let alone an animated series. Oh, yeah. Um. The entire thing is basically made by four people, me, Namesh, the animator, and then uh, my buddy and roommate, Matt Weir, is a producer, and he does our story, storyboards, and he helps with the writing. He's kind of just like our go-to guy that does a little bit of everything. Um, but really, the four of us made the entire thing uh, in conjunction with, uh, we have like a group of executive producers that are uh, funding it, and they have like, uh, you know, certain ideas and agendas about the show that that uh, we're working with them to get all that in there. So it's it's been an interesting process. It sort of is like they're almost like uh, the network and we're dealing with executives and we're isn't that fun. We're acting as producers and writers and stars. And uh, we did everything from home. You know what I mean? Nimesh and I would meet up in person once in a while, but we did 90 percent right. of this over the phone and over over Zoom. And our animator lives in Boston. And well, Mookie, so, I got to ask you, what animal are you? Uh, I'm the monkey and the rhino. Really? You didn't You didn't watch it? Of course I watched it. I watched it on <laughs> zooidiots.com. It's one of the most fantastic things I have ever seen in my entire freaking life. Came out on Monday, as a matter of fact. Yeah. So you're the rhino. Why, why didn't you think of me? Uh, I just feel like there's so many big animals out there. There's no rules for big actors. You know when I used to go out on, on auditions and they would laugh at me and say, like, what are you doing? You can't fit in the screen. Why are you here? They would fire whoever <laughs> said me ever out. said that. Yes, they did say it. And <laughs> there's no room for big actors. Jeff Goldblum's the biggest one. And technically, he's still super thin. He's only six foot three, and he's super charming. You show me a big actor. And there aren't any of us. And I can't even play a fucking hippo in a, or a goddamn rhino in a cartoon. Well, to be honest, if I was to put you in it, I would cast you as like a meerkat. You motherfucker. <laughs> like the smallest thing on the planet. Well, that is just, just how you know, would I know sub- how to play? Subvert expectations. No, you play it just like you. It's the the smallest animal with the biggest personality on the planet. Ben Subvert Expectations is my middle name. <laughs> so I would have nailed it. Yeah. Well, honestly, now, now that I think about it, you probably should have been the rhino. But, you know, it's too late, bro. It's It's me and I nailed it. So I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, I'm sure you did nail it, but give me a line. Give me a line, and I'll do it as the rhino. Give you a line? Yeah, give me a line. Let's see. Uh, now you're putting me on the spot here. I yeah, think of yeah. a line for you Just to do. Just a line. <laughs> a sentence the, the rhino yeah, should say. Okay, the rhino says, ass-eating bees ain't real. They are made up by Russian hackers and propagated by Chinese bat people. Ass-eating bees aren't real. <laughs> They're made up by Russians and propagated by farmers. Uh, all right, dude. You know what? Let, we're gonna re-record the pilot. Take it back one more time. The pilot didn't come out yet. It's uh, okay. Any it's, notes? Uh, it's, it's coming out tomorrow after we record. Ass eat, ass eating <laughs> bees aren't real. <laughs> Propagated by communists. I gotta be I, honest. That's terrible. Yeah, that's why I didn't get the role. But thanks for letting me audition in post. 
yeah, uh, after yeah, it's all finished because it's just nice to have a chance. Yeah, I think you sounded more like a like a flamingo or something. Dude, I love them flamingos. Yeah. Flamingos are brilliant because they made their legs so thin that they would never be harvested. Hmm. No one eats flamingo. How did they think to do that? I have no idea, but can you imagine eating a flamingo wing? No, no, that'd be terrible. The chicken wing is so good. Yeah, it'd be all pink. It would, what do you even eat on a flamingo? Flamingos are brilliant because Probably hot sauce. Well, you eat, well, yeah, dude. I have been <laughs> turned on to the Spanish Isle at Ralph's when it comes to hot sauces, Uh-oh. and I am going crazy. Damn, love it, love LA for that. Your poor toilet. Oh God, yeah, I just got to get it out. Um, the flamingo, yeah, you can't. I, I never heard of anybody eating flamingo. As a matter of fact, and I almost want to search, is it possible to barbecue flamingo? But we don't have time for that right now. I'm sure the audience can figure it out. Yeah. And uh, you can but let anyway, us know. The point is that I'll put you in the show as something eventually. Well, I love yeah, that. I didn't know that you'd be interested, but now, you know. I could be a rock. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Give me a line as a rock. <laughs> a rock like, hey, what's up? I'm Rocky. How y'all doing? You didn't do it right. Rocks don't talk. <laughs> um, wow. So Mookie, you set I, me up. I have known you. For so long, Mookie, how many times do you think we took Molly together? I mean, by the nature of the subject, it would be impossible to answer. Right. You know, uh, how many holes do I have in my brain? Let's count. Were you there when Kevin and I, Kevin Barnett, R.I.P. Bird Luger for life, were you there when we went to this? What the fuck was the name of that? Club 54 or some shit? Um, Alligator butt. What the hell was the name of that venue that y'all you like to go to? The the Nutter Shack. What was the name of that place that I hated to go to because it was full the of tender DJ trap? Tender Trap. I always yeah. found it it sounded very disgusting to me. But the Tender <laughs> Trap. Were you there when I took uh, accidentally so much Molly and then everyone was mad? <laughs> Kevin wasn't. Uh, mad. I don't remember because if you took that, who it, everyone was on Molly and they were mad at you. I would. No, you probably I, no. just were paranoid. Like everyone's mad at me. No, because what happened? We were at Rock and Roll, a great dive rock and roll bar in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. As soon as it opens up, is anything open right now in Brooklyn? It's all shut down still, right? Uh, no, there's a lot of uh, street side stuff going on. But you can't go and sit down yet. I don't think so. I no, think maybe so- yeah. Rock and Rolla, it's a great spot when it's when it's open. They got shuffleboard in the back and shit. It's fucking cheap ass beer. Great music. Dude gave me a whole little, he gave me a bag of Molly and Kevin was like, I said, Kevin, how much should I do? And he's like, take the whole thing. But he was joking. And I didn't know that he was joking because he has a very sarcastic sense of humor. And so I took the whole thing and then I came out and he was like, do you have any more of that Molly? And I was like, I took the whole thing. And then I immediately <laughs> shat myself in one of the, mo- the most disgusting bathrooms in the world. More uh. disgusting than in Sydney, Australia, when we were at the Cher- Cherry Tavern. And then I just proceeded to trip fucking balls, bro. And then he brought me around all these really cool DJs that were super famous. And I was like, love music, sir. And then it was just horrible. And I ended up getting out of the Uber about 20, about four blocks before my house because I had to take a piss so bad. I just sprinted. Those were not DJs. Those are just random DJs. Oh, there's DJs. You're so high that you thought there were DJs everywhere. They were spinning records. You probably thought I was a DJ. Yeah, you kind of resemble a DJ. I could see you. Hey, being... whoa, whoa. That's a good thing. It. No, it's not. Nobody wants to be a DJ. Okay, that's the thing. Why would nobody want to be a DJ? It's the easiest job <laughs> on earth. You get paid in it's... drugs and hopefully money, and you get to be around a bunch of fucking hot people. Yeah, but nobody really respects you. Why is that? That would be like if your podcast was you just playing clips of Joe Rogan. That's a great idea. <laughs> that's actually a brilliant idea we can get joe rogan we'll get his whole ever-growing in size motley crew yeah. and i'll play nothing but clips and it'll be so funny because you know what it's going to be mookie what's that it goes there yeah oh, i said it shit Woo! go yeah. there i went there stick it to cancel culture somebody's hey, got i'll stick it to a whole series of things but I don't. I just feel like the DJ is actually a very cool position, and maybe post pandemic, the DJ deserves a little bit more respect for making the night go. You think about yeah. Paris Hilton. <laughs> you tell me, Paris Hilton isn't cool, huh? <laughs> uh, Paris Hilton. I mean, she was cool. She was cool, definitely. Not anymore. I don't think. No, I think she murdered her freaking dog or something. I don't know. I'll, I would listen to a uh, uh, last pod episode about that. Paris Hilton killed her dog. I think Lena Dunham just returned her dog, but it was going to be without a doubt put down. Yeah, she returned it because it didn't look good with her face or her (laughs) outfit or something. I have no idea. 
Um, they really do. They judge these things based on their own fa- physical appearance. And they're like, that dog yeah. doesn't match my, my yeah. face or whatever. And I don't know. Whatever. But anyway, uh, Mookie, so what else is going on with you, my friend? Uh, I know it's been a long pandemic. Things yeah. have been kind of crazy in New York, but you're staying busy. Yeah. Uh, how's the entertainment scene? What's been going on with New York City stand-up comedy? Because that shit, it's never seeming to open. And yeah, I'm no. looking at people now, and they're performing in they'll perform in a bathroom stall in freaking Penn Station at this point. Yeah, we're getting ready to shut down again. Like I think starting Friday, everything has to close at ten, and oh I think they're God. just gonna slowly start walking it back until there's no more restaurants and so shit. because the stand-ups are actually sort of in a precarious position here right because you don't want to seem insensitive to COVID. it's a real yeah. thing we all know that but then at the same time these people are suffering what do you think you make as a good stand-up comedian like no joke the best of the best maybe a hundred dollars a night doing twenty dollar spots at comedy cellar oh the best of like the if best? you're literally if you if you're dave attell and you're just doing your new york stuff you're not doing your theaters or anything yeah, if you're I like, mean, Attell probably makes can probably make a few hundred a night, but, but that's it. Yeah, I mean, not unless he's on the road. If you're on the road, you make a lot more. So what are these stand-ups supposed to be doing? You know, you, the, everyone was hanging on by a freaking thread, and yeah. now all of a sudden that thread has been cut. It ain't Superman's hair. Remember that Superman three? That that hair was able to his one pube was able to hold up like an entire big big bowling ball or something. There, <laughs> what the hell are they? Honestly, what are they doing, Mookie? I think everyone just needs to learn how to write. Because content is, you know, there's tons of places to put out your content and do shit. Um, I think everyone should stop doing shows on Zoom. Spend your time working on something of substance and just keep being an artist and keep putting shit out. Like, for instance, uh, Nimesh and I spent a week in D.C. We did a week of like sort of secret shows in a warehouse and uh, Nimesh shot a, this was like a, a pizza gate thing you performed in front of exactly, all the child all exactly. the kids that were being yeah, trafficked yeah. yeah 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 and we made a special out of it uh it's called Andrinochrome 2020 <laughs> the legends are true but overwhelming power the sauce of destiny yes the most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. Uh, but anyway, you can watch that on New Message's YouTube. It's pretty great. It's like a, a a new comedy special with all like new materials since the pandemic. But so New Message Patel, gotta- it is N I M E S H P A T E L New yeah. Patel, a wonderful on guy. on YouTube on YouTube, wonderful guy. Isn't that crazy? Everyone's giving away this shit for free. Like Mark Norman, another good friend of ours, got his whole special. But he put it on. I mean, I know that he maybe got paid some money because I think Comedy Central released it or something. But God knows what the hell's happening with that after Viacom and AT and T is just—they got a bit of an axe. They are bringing it out and it is sharpened. They are cutting a lot of entertainment fat, which is unfortunately where all of us reside. We are yeah. in the fat of the entertainment industry. But it's crazy <laughs> that all of this stuff is just being given for free right now. Well, I think it's great, actually. I mean, if there's a way that these creators can make money off of ads and clicks um, without actually having to charge people and you right. can get your and get your stuff out to even a wider audience then it's actually great if anything the networks and streaming services are holding that back because obviously this is their nightmare right the creators being able to go directly to their audiences is, is the nightmare of all networks um, but it's becoming more and more of a viable thing. So I actually think that it's great because 
as an artist, the worst part about it is having to ask permission to do what you want to do. Oh, so fuck obviously yes. there's there's a huge hill to climb in regards to funding projects and getting yeah. people on board and stuff. But, you know, it's becoming more and more uh, easy to even do that. Things are cheaper and cheaper to make. Like, so I say just invest in yourself and your own your own projects and yeah. just not even, not even worry about what the, what anyone else is doing. It doesn't matter. You can go directly to the people. Not to plug Apple products. I heard they're doing pretty good. But you can fucking <laughs> film shit that back in the day, even 15 years ago when we started, it feels like we were trying to catch Oswald leaving the police interrogation room after he <laughs> shot Kennedy because of the equipment. Like, remember, we had our yeah, little yeah. flip phones out and everyone's like, I'm trying to film my set. You know, oh, yeah. and everything was just more complicated than it had to be. It is so much easier now. But yeah. that also means there's so much more. So how do you stand out? Uh, amongst all the clutter it's it's a tough yeah. thing to balance now i think it's i think it's a little bit it's easier than you think because so many people are going for quantity over quality so i think yes. just taking the extra step to give your work a little bit of polish some nice design some good editing some good music good right. sound it's actually pretty easy to stand out because of how low the bar is as far as quality, very few comics know how to use Adobe Premiere, know how to edit, know right. how to like, you know, so it's like just spend a day on YouTube learning these skills and you can easily make yourself step out above every like, you know, you can do all your captioning and all these titles and editing your video to fit on Instagram. You could do it all yourself if you just do the invest in a little bit of learning. So that's interesting. You think that Netflix. So Netflix is sort of getting Netflixed by YouTube. In a way, it's slow, but I mean, it's definitely that's the way that it's going. Even Amazon is probably going to become, I think, more like you could sort of just put yourself out there and sell it and they'll take a cut the way they sell all products. You know what I mean? Right. I think because uh, there's more and more you're seeing stuff like, oh, this is on Amazon. And it's just like some random indie project. It's like you can sell almost any video project on Amazon if you set it up right. And we're talking, I was just reading an article on the great exodus of the coast, West and, West and East Coast. I mean, they got pretty freaking expensive. And I think people are realizing you can do art from anywhere. I highly recommend if you will want to be a performer. As a matter of fact, this is a Ben Kissel demand. You have to live in New York. You must live in New York for at least five years. And whenever you, I know it's very expensive, um, but you you gotta you gotta freaking slum it out in New York and c cut your teeth because that's just gonna make you so much better when you do yeah. go back to Nebraska. And Not you make, now. Don't go now. There's no, no New no. York. It's dead. <laughs> yeah. But it is an interesting phenomenon now as we're seeing sort of the democratization of becoming an artist you can like the democratization the democratization of the entertainment industry is very real and yes. because of that you're able to do so much more that smoking we couldn't have done smoking a little weed right now that we could not have done 10 15 seven years ago i mean hell i feel like at this point if we do have to script a time to have a pandemic and this kind of plays into some conspiracy thought as well, kind of coinciding with 5G and stuff. I don't give any credence to any of that bullshit. But if we're going to have to have a pandemic where everyone is kind of forced to separate and forced to stay, still have a job, but, you know, how the hell are you going to keep it? It's sort of the perfect time for technology and um, isolation. You can still do the art anyway. So hopefully that's saving some people from going totally insane because anyone who knows a true artist uh, if you're not performing, you're dying, basically. And so I, at the very least, I hope that people are able to explore themselves uh, creatively. You know, it's not it's not going, you're not in front of the audience, which is sad and it's hard not to be in front of the people. But at the least there's some kind of outlet. Yeah. And I honestly think it's uh, it's good to take a step back from performing once in a while and just work. And on. live your life. Well, uh, forget about living your life. I don't do You that. have to live your life, Mookie. What life? Your my life, life is, Mookie. My life is fucking monkeys. and uh, No, you play a monkey in a rhino. <laughs> yeah. That's not your life. It's, take, it's, it's taken over, dude. I haven't done anything besides, besides this for fucking seven months. My neighbors probably think I'm insane. They literally hear monkey sounds coming from the house. <laughs> <laughs> Just like at all hours of the night. Well, that's why you got the role. That was brilliant. Oh, thank you. That was freaking brilliant. I love it. But it is nice to be able to still perform. And to still do something. And I agree with you. Live your, if you're a comedian, 
one of the biggest mistakes you can make, and I don't know if this is good advice or bad advice, but just don't be so up stand-up comedy's ass that you lose sight of how normal people live because then your jokes are all just going to be inside jokes mm-hmm. and then there's going to be jokes on jokes and then next thing you know you're going to be bombing and all your friends are going to be laughing but no one's going to like it and they're kind of laughing because you're not a threat yeah that's for sure not that you're a threat if you're a super funny either because who who likes to live in a world where it's like that's a threat to me it's like you can have you, like get her done larry the cable guy can coincide with angel salazar who can coincide with freaking who like it doesn't matter there's room for everybody um, Sure. But it is interesting to kind of remember that you have to live your life so you can get content that isn't jaded by the entertainment industry or comedy. I used to actually have, like, tons of anxiety about that exact thing because I I realized, like, when I was, like, five years in that I I didn't really write jokes as much as things would happen to me that would become bits. And so I started to sort of get paranoid, like, what if uh, this funny shit doesn't keep happening? Right. You know, then like, where am I going to get my material from? And a lot of it was coming from like, you know, taking Molly and fucking getting <laughs> lost in Bushwick and ending up in New Jersey and like just ridiculous shit that I would be doing every week. And so there was definitely like in my mind a pressure to sort of keep up a ridiculous lifestyle to pull from for the act. I don't right. really feel that way anymore, you know. But because uh, now I kind of I kind of have enough <laughs> enough shit to pull from. Well, I remember that Molly story. Wasn't that in Jersey? Then you got over the bridge and the guy dropped you off. And then you're like, no, you got to take me. Was that that story? We, was that I Louis Katz? That might be Louis Katz's story. No, no, yeah, that's not my story. What but, was uh, this? So you went? You took a bunch of Molly and went to Jersey? No, no, I was just joking about that. But I've definitely had nights where you like you get in a cab and you just end up wherever, like lost, and then like. Uh, showing up to an after hours party at nine in the morning that was supposed to be somewhere like <laughs> like how many fucking times did we go somewhere at like eight or nine in the morning that we were arriving at a place that's insane well it's fun if you think about getting up bright and early or staying up super late and then making it early and then next thing you know you're on the subway yeah. no it's the not sub- like we were getting up and having breakfast and then going <laughs> we were out since noon the day before if you want the the greatest subway experience and i'm not saying the subway sub shop where you can get the subways for 5.99 those are sandwiches but by the way they're 7.99 now <laughs> i'm talking about the new york city transportation subway 6 to 7 a.m 5 to 7 a.m when people are going to work and it's always like it's always nurses really upstanding members of society and then people like mookie and myself <laughs> and all of our friends who are still hammered, going to Bushwick yeah. for some reason, and you make eye contact with them, and you know you're in totally different spaces. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you do feel a bit of shame, but then yeah. also you feel a bit like, I've made the right choice with my life. Yeah. You're experiencing time on a totally different plane than they yeah. are at that point. You know what I mean? You're you're in a, a different universe. I agree. It's, it's like Albert Einstein standing on the platform when the train's going by. They're not even fucking uh, on the same timeline as you anymore. Is that what Albert Einstein was talking? He did stuff with time. Time. Frames. Don't make me try to explain that. I shouldn't have brought it up. Yeah, I, I don't know about this guy. He's big on the posters. I don't know about this guy. <laughs> look, but you know, Albert Einstein. There's someone who did a lot of work for Albert, who's not on any posters. He's probably pretty upset. Who's that? I don't know. Oh, nor do you. Uh, yeah, Nobody exactly. knows. Exactly. Nobody knows. It's probably some woman. Maybe it was a woman. It probably was a black woman. I it very it. well could have been. Yeah. Well, she was like, you know, that E and the MC squared, they're looking kind of like they be equal. Oh, I love that. Isn't that nice? You know, it's like uh, well, the, the true story. I, I love it, and I love you. So let's talk a little bit. <laughs> Thanks for doing this, by the way. I know it's just a little chit-chat. Um, but let's talk. What do you think? So we obviously we had the election. We, won't, we, we don't got to get involved in the politics Ooh, of the politics of the politics. But I firmly believe that this is going to a Joe Biden presidency. And who knows? You know, he's probably going to have a Republican, you know, Senate and a little bit of a Democratic yeah. House there. But um, nothing too crazy is going to happen. But I think it's going to be better for comedy. Yeah. Because yeah. the one well, of the I'm biggest happy for sure. I joined Antifa this summer, so it's a big you win for us. You joined the group. What is that? You get like yeah, a yeah. message from a it's from a dog. Or... Yeah, I, it's been fun, except for the sodomy, which felt unnecessary. But yeah, you know, rules are rules. Well, your butt's fascist, and they've yeah. got to plug it up. <laughs> um, but I really think because Trump is such a child, and because he acted so much like a bad stand-up comedian became president. 
I think it actually kind of made all stupid offhanded comments, like all like dumb kind of throwaway, funny little quips, jokes, whatever. It gave them all a level of seriousness because the president was saying the same thing. And you're like, I'm a jerk off comedian. I'm doing jerk off jokes, talking about stupid shit. And now just because the president's tweeting the same thing, I'm we're being held accountable. Yeah. You know, I was just watching Jim Jim Norton's last stand up special yesterday. Uh, I forget the name. It's The Degenerates, I think, on Netflix. And, um, you know, he did make a good point talking about how everyone was just yelling at comedians these past four years, but no one was yelling at the actual source of the problem. Comedians never really changed. All of a sudden, their words just became, like, given a bunch of seriousness, which is really antithetical to, like, antithetical to what comedy (laughs) is supposed to be. Yeah. I don't like, I don't honestly like the world of comedian is sage i don't like the world where it's like they are they're not just telling jokes they are the the um they are the the standard bearers of our culture it's like just sometimes sometimes john panette has to tell you how much that fat <laughs> fuck likes to eat a bunch of fucking food yeah john panette can really move the needle you know politically. he can move the needle i want to picture he is big his headshot was him with a big oreo and a big yeah. pizza and he's all fat being like i like to eat i'm like that's comedy i mean an insulin needle but uh yes 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 of course. <laughs> he's dead so good job oh good job the john panette army is gonna roll oh, out of their bed shit. Oh, no. and they're gonna come and get you <laughs> oh wow but you know what i'm saying i'm gonna like, get ari shafir oh no god <laughs> i think that ended up whatever i don't even i i don't talk i don't talk i don't talk poorly about <laughs> anybody that's why i say if you don't have anything nice to say tweet it then you better make then you then yeah there you go make it uh, make it into a funny cartoon called zoo idiots you can get on zooidiots.com. <laughs> um but you know what i'm saying like i really just want to get to a point where comedy can be comedy and no one looks at it like this is really supposed to be something more special than what it is yeah well here's the thing ben you can't control how people are going to look at comedy so you just got to say fuck them who really cares yeah like cancel I'm culture the establishment. What i'm not talking about the cancel culture i'm the talking about like the establishment the establishment is burning they're not going to have an effect on what we do in five years well, but, you but you wait until they reform into some big monolith. I mean, yeah, honestly, AT&T right. is the one who's just going to be like, Mookie, we really like this. Could you mention 510? Uh, because we have 5G was so last year. Can you just mention this new thing and plug it in, and then we'll give yeah. you a couple hundred thousand dollars? Woo! Then you got to take it. Yeah, I have to. But, yeah. but I mean, I'll, I'll take it, uh, you know, just to use the money against them. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. You're going to win. You'll beat AT&T. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be MT&T soon. Uh, I don't know what those letters stand for. But Mookie, time yeah, and time that, again, that making M it happen. Mookie, but you, But you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I feel like it'll be better under Biden. Yeah, for sure. Uh, comedy will be better under Biden because people are naturally less reactive and less sensitive because, you know, their guard is down a little bit, I think. But uh yeah, sure. I mean, I, I'm of the opinion that I don't think any of this shit is really affecting comedy. I mean, look at Dave Chappelle's monologue on SNL last week. Nobody's stopping anybody from saying anything. They're certainly complaining a lot more than they ever used to. But I mean, if you were managing the uh, the, the 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 snail mail inbox of a comedy club in 1982, I'm sure every week they were getting letters from angry people and Christians and whoever went to the comedy club. Right. That right. Didn't like a joke. This was happening. This has always been happening. It's just now anyone and their fucking mom thinks that their voice should be heard. And the, the, the internet is just a trash do you place. Think that, do you think that Twitter is being taken less seriously than it was in 2015, 2016? Less seriously. I mean, now who? it's in the sense that people are understanding it is everyone for the longest time is like, don't read the comments. And then everyone just read the comment section of the world, which is just Twitter. Yeah. It's just the same as the YouTube yeah. comment section. <laughs> it's the same as the Yelp page. Yeah. Well, I don't think anything is as bad as Facebook. Twitter has its problems, but Facebook is the ultimate poison on our society. I don't think that 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 democracy and Facebook can coexist in the long run, to be honest. Really? I mean, have you seen any of these documentaries about the way that they're using this shit to manipulate people's beliefs? Like, it's it's insane. Oh, yeah. Social dilemma. Con- I mean, that one. And there's uh, a couple others. I'm forgetting the names of right now, but there was a few other ones that came out like uh, six months before that. Yep. 
But, you know, Facebook has ruined everything. They've ruined the concept of uncles. I don't know if uncles had the greatest reputation before. What was yeah, the uncle synonymous, uncle, synonymous you know, with before? An uncle was like, you know, you're, you know, your cool, crazy uncle. You know what I mean? Now, now, now they're all racist. Yeah. They, well, okay. Or did they create Facebook and that's why we have to go to the other room again? Yeah, exactly. Like whenever they're in town, they've had a little bit too much whiskey. And it's like, yeah. I gotta go to the, and it's like whenever a social media platform gets big enough, and that becomes the room you don't want to be in because all your family members migrate over and it's happening you to just Instagram go. now. And it's like, okay, we're done. We're moving on. But right. I mean, it's fucked up, man. Honestly, I feel like people in my, in my family and like f- friends of my family, all these people are over 50. Right. And they're all being extremely manipulated by the shit they're reading on the internet, predominantly so- Facebook. Have you tried to talk to them about the manipulation and how it works and how it's anyone can to anyone can succumb to it? I mean, it's created that way. We're just we're just machines. They're just getting pumped full a certain amount of data. It's and they're internet processing literacy it. is the problem. It's and that's why it's mostly right. old it's people point. because an old person, I guarantee you, is ten times more likely to mistake a fake thing on the internet for something real because they're not as aware of how these things get created. Like. They haven't had Photoshop in their lives since they were kids. Like, oh, if ever, if uh, ever. And that's a huge problem. And how can you, I don't know how to even teach somebody this because there's no way to even explain to somebody that they believe in a conspiracy theory without first making them feel really stupid. The first thing you have to admit is that you're a damn fool. And that is an impossible hurdle for most people to get over. So once they've already bought into the conspiracy theory, like they need some sort of irrefutable proof that it's that it's false. But that's how all these things are built, that they can't be proven false because it's like circular logic. Right. So then, you know, once these things are put into their brains on Facebook, they're downloaded over and over and over again. Mm. How do you fix that? How do we save these people? And there's nothing more foolish than not thinking you're a fool. Exactly. No, I I agree. It's going to take a lot of education. And I do have faith that as we've been with these, uh, platforms now for like, going on about 13 years, I guess, for Twitter, or at the very least when I signed out, I think it was maybe 2009 or something. I do think people are advancing and maturing and understanding a little bit more how they're being manipulated. But I think you're right. There's just a segment of this population uh, that's just probably going to be uh, in that, in that uh, spinning around in that fucking mousetrap for a long, long time until probably just until they die. I mean, it really is an addiction. I mean, I, I had a massive mental breakdown on Twitter. I deleted all of my followers, and they're not followers. I unfollowed everybody, and I just wanted to take the power away from it and it just be like, it doesn't matter if I follow you on Twitter. I like you. We're friends. Who cares? You know, there was nothing worse than when we were coming up and Twitter was beginning to get big, and someone would, like, write, say something funny in a conversation, but then immediately tweet it, and then it's like, can we just have a conversation, please? <laughs> and, like, I don't yeah. know, just, like, jog, light, or whatever. It's just, it did change the way that comedy is created, and it really, I mean, I know we have our friend Micah Fox, who I love with all my heart. She was able to get, like, writing jobs off of Twitter. There were good things to come from social media, in the beginning, but now it's just becoming more and more difficult to see what the bright uh, light, what the shining light is here, or the silver lining. It's great for some people, for sure. Like, I mean, I've never really been like a social media guy. I've always kind of resented the whole process. I never felt like it, it fit with my voice or my style or the way that I like to do things. Like, I'm really, I much more prefer to spend my time working on a bigger project of some kind or like doing like writing not to like you know put down what anybody else does it's it, it's amazing when people are able to constantly pump out content for social oh my media God, it's, it's just, incredible yeah it's just not something that that really fits with my personality so i never really vibe with it but i took off this whole summer basically i have this app on my phone that i can block all my social media profiles or whatever for an x amount of time and i can't unblock it without deleting it and it was great man it really made really? It, like it freed my mind immediately after just one day of waking up and not looking at it, you'll immediately yeah. feel you see that you're just more clear to think about yep, things. Yep. And then on the days when I would just be like, oh, I'll just look at it today, I would be noticeably less energetic, less yep. focused, have fewer ideas in my head. And then I also end up just fucking zoning out and yep. just staring at it. So forcing myself to not do it, it really just showed me how ridiculous it is. And now I've sort of like, 
you know, I feel like I've broken the addiction a little bit, so I'm on there less only when I need it. But I'm I'm sort of I'm with you on the initial break. It takes a second, but my God, I felt the exact same way. Shackles coming out of my brain, coming off of my eyes, uh, dropping to the floor and shattering. And I loved that so much. And then you can kind of dip your toe back in, but you still have to be careful. It's like any other drug. Oh, yeah, it catches you. I still have days where I'll find myself. I've been doing it for two hours. And I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Right. Yeah, absolutely. And And it's crazy how it can really alter your mood. Do you think it's fair to say... Like, cause you know, you get a lot of, we all, we all get a lot of love as well on social media. People being, people are amazing, truly incredible. 90% of people that I interact with on social media are super sweet, but it's hard to accept love, isn't it? And maybe <laughs> that's just a comedian thing where they'll be like, I love you or whatever. And you're like, all right. But then as soon as someone's like, you're a fucking piece of trash, you're like, they might be onto something. Yeah. It's weird that social media, and I know that's me absorbing it. And social media hasn't done anything but present ideas. And yeah. in my mind, I like all the, like the nice stuff just kind of balances off. And then when someone says something that is inaccurate but super mean, there's something about it where it's just like, let me do a little research on this, see what they're talking about. That is true. That is true. Like uh, even in the past couple of days, people leaving comments on the show, even like one little negative thing, I'm like, this guy's fucking right. Fuck. Oh, yeah. I saw one negative <laughs> comment. We're just, I'm not going to watch. Don't watch it. Just yeah, shut up. Yeah, yeah. Who would? It, how bored are the people? Yeah. How bored are they? Go and create how you, something. How do you see a cartoon with like a monkey and penguins and like a, a revolution happening and ass-eating bees? And how do you see something like ass-eating that? Ass-eating bees. Go, go, I don't like this. Don't I mean, like <laughs> it. Ugh. Ugh. The legends are true. With overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes. The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. How dare they? You were mentioning socialism here, and we can wrap it up here soon, but you were mentioning socialism, and I know that was you were big with the Bernie Sanders uh, a wing of the demo. You didn't really like Bernie too much? or oh, No, I love Bernie Sanders, I, I, but you know, I'm, I've never been just like big out there about politics. I just, right. just don't find it an interesting topic for my comedy, and so oh, I, thank I you. sort of, you know, I have those opinions, but, but I'm getting a little bit more into it now, like uh, but certainly uh, it's a is dis dissenter opinions like, you know, what I mean, nobody I don't have like I'm not liberal or or uh, conservative, but I'm definitely not conservative. These past four years definitely taught us who is a comedian and who can't hack it. Yeah, for sure. Because a lot of people just became pundits. Very, very clapter is what they call it. Clapter. I, I don't yeah. care. Best of luck to everybody. But holy hell, people were like. If you do comedy these next four years, you're not working hard. It's like all you're doing is writing. Speaking of Facebook, I saw people that I used to really respect, um, and I got rid of Facebook brief shortly after, but they would write like scrolls. And I'm like, you're not getting paid to do that. It must have taken you three hours. Like, no joke. Yeah. You see some of those Facebook oh, yeah. scrolls, and you're like, that, I know that takes time. Oh, yeah. And why did you just you waste proofread it? it. You got to proofread. You got to send that to your high school English teacher and be like, hey, can you check this out for me? I'm about to make a big post. Big post. And it's just, my God, dude. I think that people are learning full circle that still, after this 2021, 2021, and 2022, people are going to be so fucking jazzed. When Mookie Thompson comes back to Brooklyn and you go (laughs) back on stage, people are going to be just going crazy. And I think... The one positive thing that's going to come out of this nightmare that is 2020 is people are going to be so 
horned up to, to be me. around each other. They're going to be happy to see you. Oh, Everyone's yeah. going to be happy to see each other. People are going to start showing up when they tell you they're going to show up to your birthday party so you don't have to sit there alone and smoke 18 joints that you had for all your friends. It's really, I firmly believe people are going to disconnect from social media and reconnect to humanity. I Because yeah. 2020 has given us only the one option. Yeah. And I think people have realized that fat fuck got 70 million votes, that yeah. Trump guy. So it's like insane. And that's all yeah. that's all erosion and perversion of the mind from social media and For from sure. the internet in general. So I think people are going to start coming back. I think that we're going to see like... In the next five to ten years or so, like a big split in our society where some people start to become sort of naturalists and some people start to become even bigger yeah. technocrats. Like people are going to actually reject technology. It's going to become a trend with like celebrities and shit to live in like a log cabin and like grow your own food. I, I'll bet money on it. Like the, the Internet is going to become social media is going to become so unfashionable in the but next few Mookie, years. Isn't it crazy? You have to be rich to do that. Oh, yeah, exactly. You tell me you have a fucking if you have a Nokia flip phone uh, five years ago, everyone's like, you're broke. If you have that now, they're like, are you Keanu Reeves? Yeah, yeah. Like, sure. it's going to be so weird. It's the same thing with weight where it's like the rich are fat and now the poor are fat and the rich are thin and the rich in fucking 10 years. They're going to be, oh, well, I'm not on social media. It's like you yeah, don't have to be exactly because you're going to have your minions checking everything for you. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it is definitely a, a sign of privilege, but. I also think that maybe we should do like a, a week off every year. Like the internet is literally turned off between Turn off. between Christmas and New Year's and everybody just chills the fuck out for a week. Then we're going to find out who really didn't do their Christmas shopping and you better get your ass to, you know what the funniest thing is Walmart crying over Amazon. Now we're coming so full circle on everything where I watch a Walmart executive literally almost crying because they were like, we can't compete with Amazon. And it's like, you fucking monster. Yeah, dude. fuck them. Welcome yeah, to the, it, buddy. They're the mom and pop shop getting put out of business. Now. Yeah, fuck exactly. Them. Fuck them. And the yeah. fact that they're fucking whining that they can't keep up with Amazon. You created this monster. Yeah. That's why I try not to use Amazon. I've only ordered one thing from them, and I think it was relatively. Uh, what did I get? Oh, I got a uh, my salt gun. Oh, only the important stuff. Well, it's a gun no, you fill with you salt and you kill mosquitoes. Salt level up. Oh, well, thought, it's a gun for mosquitoes. You're, you're shooting it at your French fries. No, I shot it at Henry though. <laughs> oh. My nickname for Henry is my French fry because I like to dip <laughs> yeah. in the ketchup. That's disgusting. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, it is. It's going to be a really interesting four years now that Trump is gone. And do you think that the movement continues on when it comes to like sticking in comedy? When it comes to I don't even like to use the terms necessarily, but let's just say alt-right cringe humor. Like, do you think that that trend sort of continues going? Because, you know, I mean, again, you mentioned Ari Shafir, and I, I don't dump on anybody um, when it comes to this stuff, but Ari's brand is like after Kobe passed. I mean, I thought it, I was very, I, I did not love it. Um, you know, just immediately going in on Kobe. It's like, all right, leave the, leave the dude a freaking alone. Okay. Yeah. His well, body I mean, is whatever. But a, like a joke is a joke though. If you're going to give the guy, if you're going to give the guy the license to kill, you can't be upset when he kills. Sure. So. What, whatever. That's why I, I hands to God 2020, but that kind of humor that has sort of been cultivated under uh, Trump, and things like that where do you think what do you think happens to it because even like i love doug stanhope with all my heart i think he's one of the greatest comedians that's ever lived um absolutely even stanhope had to clarify multiple times where he's like i'm not a fucking trumper i'm making jokes about everything that i want to make jokes about and like people would just immediately get binary where it's like you're making a joke about this. And because the person in office takes these things so literally and literally has the power to create policy out of these um, ideas, which used to just be punchlines, people had to take it very seriously. And and then some people were able to like lean in with that. Um, and then some people felt like this fucking just straight up sucks for my brand. Do you think that that kind of hardcore comedy um, I guess it's kind of conservative-ish. Do you think that sticks around? And do you think it actually does better under a Biden because now they're no longer technically the ones in power? Well, it's definitely not going anywhere for sure. And I think there's a lot of reasons for that. But I do think that it might actually lose steam under the Biden administration because they're, people. it's not going to be looked at as edgy. Like during right. Obama, edgy comedy was like 
open season. You could say fucking anything. There was right. no rules because people were in a good mood. And I think it's going to yep. be similar to that. So like that cringe stuff is definitely going to become more underground, but it's not going anywhere because the networks have completely rejected this style of comedy and these comedians. Do you in, think that in they particular, have? like, oh, for sure. Like, really? yeah, I, I the, the industry in general. I mean, yeah. Netflix has like some small like the degenerates. They have like a small this is the show that might offend you. But right. overall, overall, it's been completely relegated to the dark corners of, of the industry and the Internet. So that the, the people that want that comedy they don't just disappear when the net per network stop putting it on. So those audiences are going to exist no matter what you do. They've always been around. So that's why we're seeing this constant growth of things like Rogan and, you know, even comedians like Ari Shafir and Legion of Skanks. And these guys are going to continue to gain popularity because these, the people that like that stuff exist and they want entertainment and the networks are intentionally going every way in the opposite direction, causing their ultimate downfall, which, and this is not to say that they should be doing it one way or the other. I'm not talking politically here. It's just right. the facts of this is just the way it is. No one is putting on edgy white male content for the most part. And that is what absolutely dominates the podcast market. And yeah. there's, is there any question why that's happening? You know what I mean? It's like these people want that content and there's only one place to get it. I suppose so. It's not the, uh, not the eighties or the, uh, the nineties, or I guess even early two thousands and woke, woke POC like content is phenomenal. Like I, I'm all right. for it. I, I love that shit and it has its audience. But it doesn't necessarily appeal to everybody. So I guess the question then is now the great thing is with the Internet going to a positive thing is if you have a million people that love you, you're set. Yeah, that's all you need. You need one three hundredth and fiftieth of this country. And yep. then you're like, wow, all right, I got a following. I'm going to be able to make a moderate living. I'm going to be able to tour comedy clubs. Yeah, and this is good. If you can fill 300 seats in, in Alabama, two nights, you have a career. You can do that two, <laughs> two times on Saturday and Friday nights. You're good. Yeah. You know, and so it is interesting that all of that kind of, you know, cringier comedy or different, different stripes of comedy all across the political spectrum, people don't have to change, right? No. Because now they just kind of can burrow in. They, if they found an audience, keep that audience and uh, and go from there. And you can have a lot of like upper middle class, middle class entertainers out there. And these networks are going to either get on board or, or 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 fade away eventually. Like I understand the instinct to to uh, diversify television and, and, and all of that. But I feel like if that's the only thing that people are making, you know, like like then those po podcasters well, of and course, whatnot and are going to continue to succeed. Hollywood also, you know, I mean, they're they're the they've been the creators of a lot of social tropes that have been negative in this country for yeah. uh, a long time. And so they the still audacity are. That's of the, them. That's the irony yeah. behind uh, most of these woke TV shows. Is that well, they applaud just, themselves on the back. Yeah, they're creating more divisive groups, and you know, uh, just uh, making people uh, their only worth is their image. Yeah which to me is, is the opposite of progress. But I yeah. won a Webby Award, so I'm pretty involved in Hollywood and entertainment. But I'm just some dumb white guy, so what the fuck do I know? I got a Webby. Uh, that's a pretty big deal there if you think I'm about it. I'm going to come off sounding so all right in that last five minutes. No, you won't. <laughs> no, it's it's real. I mean, honestly, not, the, in, the industry is, is ever-changing. I think it's Hollywood attempting to grasp the concept of morality has been absolutely fascinating so hilarious. because they yeah. just miss the mark every time and it's like you yeah. really don't you're not getting this is like it's like it's weird when the pedophile is also the one teaching pedophiles not to have sex with children which is really yeah. what the entertainment <laughs> industry is doing right now and it's like you're the problem i've yeah. we've all seen what you do and then god forbid you make a movie like the notebook and you blow yourselves thousands and thousands of times for the courage to create a boring ass yeah. movie about I mean, something and they pretend that it's not solely 
financial. Exactly. And that's the thing that disgusts me the most. It's solely financial. It's only because these things are trendy. And that is why, again, ZooIdiots.com. And not, I'm not talking about anybody not deserving uh, to have their show put on or anything. No, like of that. course. The, we're not talking the, the, the ridiculousness love- of, of, of Hollywood. We're all pawns. Yeah. yeah, everyone. No one casts themselves in these shows. Yeah, everyone's doing their thing, and I love it. Everyone should express themselves. So I fucked the whole industry. Honestly, just go out there and just. I, I, if I could just make cartoons and put them on the internet myself, if I can get a million people to see it, like you said, I would never even consider like a pitch meeting or anything. Like, who cares? I am so happy we. For those that don't, that didn't do stand up over the past fucking twenty years, a lot of gatekeepers. Gatekeepers, basically people who run festivals events where it's like shit i want to get on that stage that's gonna be a big deal for me those keys have evaporated out of their cold weird greasy palms their power has evaporated (laughs) and that's been one of the greatest things to see because there are so many people that all of us know anyone in the industry knows someone who is like i can get you on stage and it's not all it's not like necessarily sexual or whatever it's just shit it's just shitty everything is just shitty and they they hold this little power they have and they they lord it over young hungry starving stand-up comedians specifically because they tend to be a little bit more alone out there in this crazy entertainment world and i'm just so happy their power is being taken away because yeah that's they the, suck that's the greatest outcome of of this pandemic i think it's going to actually force the evolution of a lot of our uh, uh, inst- institutions, you know what I mean? Like we're we're realizing the how a lot of the shit we were doing before just doesn't work, and it's actually pretty easy to fix. Like, oh, we could just not ask this guy for permission. Like, I mean, I think everybody should yeah. just start doing stand up shows in warehouses, just like book your own thing, like like you know we used to do in the punk days. And uh, in a non entertainment, uh, well, even in an entertainment conversation, no one should ever go into an office again. Yeah. It's that's one, that's, uh, don't jerk off like Jeffrey Tubin, though. <laughs> they shouldn't exist. Look at, these, look at these fucking gaudy buildings in Midtown. They're ridiculous. They could be housing every homeless person in the country. Open them up. The Viacom building is a yep. joke, dude. I, I, I was in there like two years ago, and half of the cubicles are empty. It's crazy. But I'm with you, bro. I think we're going to do good 2021. I mean, it's all going to hopefully we'll learn some of the cool things like like the Zoom not having to go in and bosses realizing that everyone can basically work from home. And uh, that's a really good thing. And no one needs to be a boss. The inmates are running the asylum, bro. No one's in well, charge. At some here. at some point, though, doesn't the, don't the inmates decide who's the boss? No, eventually they uh, they all kill each other. Uh, they'll have to create some sort of uh, <clears throat> a functioning community. Well, then they're going to need to get uh, what is it? Isomoff. They're going to need to get the 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 manager of the Eagles <laughs> because they're going to have you're going to have a lot of egos. I know platypus. Is there a platypus in your zoo? Because platypus have a thing. lot to you fucking know, say. The cure to ego is to give everybody what they need. And in a society of ultimate abundance like we have, there's no reason for any human being or any individual to be in need of anything. Literally, name anything. So I'm in need cure, of your love, Mookie. The cure to competition is to give us all everything we need, and then society will instantly prosper. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I am going to need a little bit more than you, though. Yeah. (laughs) So anyway, that's that's Mookie Thompson. Mookie, I love you so much, buddy. Zooidiots.com. Thanks for chit-chatting with me, bud. Yeah, thanks for having me, bro. And this has been the LPN Show, and I know we just shat all over social media, but Mookie, you can find Mookie on (laughs) Instagram. Let me. I'm actually going to look up my Instagram. It's just Mookie Thompson. It's Mookie Thompson. It's M-O-O-K-I-E Thompson, T-H. O-M-P-S-O-N. Mookie Thompson, my man. How the how the Mets doing? Don't know, dude. Don't know. Just named after one. <laughs> um, the LPN Show. Thank you all so much for listening. And uh, hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. Peace. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! 
The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Your business was humming, but now you're falling behind. Your teams are buried in manual work, tasks are taking forever to complete, and getting one source of truth is like pulling teeth. If this is you, then you should know these three numbers. 37,000. That's the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. One, because your business is one of a kind. Get a customized solution for all your key performance indicators in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. With NetSuite, it's everything you need to grow, all in one place. Get your business back to the greatness where it belongs. Learn more at netsuite.com slash podcast 25.